Welcome to Wild Animals, crazy stories about animals told by the people who study them. I'm your host, Roland Case. Today on Wild Animals, we've got Pac-Man, the jaguar who had two girlfriends in two different countries. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, I'm excited to have Rodrigo Medellin, a professor of ecology at the National Autonomous University of Mexico, here to talk about jaguars. Welcome to the show, Rodrigo. Thank you, Roland, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, this is going to be great. So you've got quite, um, quite an animal here. Uh, jaguars are famous. I think probably everyone has a general idea, but maybe you can sort of introduce jaguars to those who uh, aren't experts and tell us a little bit about what your research was absolutely, with jaguars. Absolutely, absolutely. Jaguars are the biggest cats in the Americas, one species of the genus Panthera, and it's been here for about a million years. They entered this continent from the north and then disappeared from the north and then they became an icon for the tropical areas of, of America. From northern Argentina to northern Mexico, you're still able to find jaguars. Jaguars are very iconic to many of the pre-Columbian cultures. Everywhere you look, you are going to find iconography representations in vessels and in pyramids and in temples and here and there in the archaeology. They are there because jaguars really touch the imagination of people. Uh, Mexico itself, we're not exempt to that, so we have been actually called the Jaguar people. Oh yeah. Uh, and the, the thing here is that even with this very uh, deity kind of uh, image of the Jaguars, Jaguars get in trouble all the time in Mexico and abroad because they are cats and we tend to remove all of those predators. Mm. So let's think for a second what happens with jaguars. Jaguars are living peacefully there in their forests and then humans encroach. Once humans encroach, jaguars withdraw a little. But then humans start chopping the forest. A little more withdrawal. Then humans, we also like to eat deer and wild pigs and peccary and all of these things. So we start taking the jaguar prey and jaguars withdraw. And then humans bring in these stupid animals who do not defend themselves, called cattle, yeah. right? Who are not going to defend themselves, and we, call, we tell the jaguar, you touch them and you die. It's not fair for the animal. And that's exactly the situation everywhere. So the biggest threat that jaguars face in this day and age is what, what I call the cattle rancher revenge. Um, Cattle ranchers see that the jaguars are attacking their cattle and immediately they send somebody to kill the jaguars. So we've been working for many years trying to understand the jaguar movements, to understand the jaguar conservation needs, and to put together policy in place for Mexican and other countries to really bring together an initiative in which jaguars and humans can coexist. Okay. And so you think there is possibility for jaguars and cattle ranchers to be there's, neighbors or if not overlapping? Absolutely. No, there is, there is a very big hope for the future that if you want, we can touch on that at the end yeah, with yeah. an up, 
Okay, so so your your study is a, is is looking at basically jaguars in Mexico in areas where there's also some cattle ranching going on. Well, we we look at jaguars on many different conditions. We are looking at the northernmost population of jaguars in the world, which is in the state of Sonora, very close to the Mexico-U.S. border. Right. And it's the source of the very occasional individual jaguar that trickles in across the not yet blocked by a wall right. border between Mexico and the U.S. And then you see this very old jaguar. Usually it's a very old male jaguar yeah. that crosses the border and stays in Arizona for two, three, four, five years, and then it disappears. Well, so, so jaguars used to extend their range into the United States as into well, Into the right? United States, yeah. originally yeah. all the way from the Bering Strait, Alaska, Canada oh, and, Mex and, and the U.S. and Mexico, but then, of course, the climate changed. Yeah. In historic times, historic times, and this is the beginning of the 20th century, there were jaguars in Louisiana. Wow, right. There were jaguars in Texas. Now, with climate change and deforestation and all of that, the only hope for any one jaguar, not population, but one jaguar to be in in the United States is in southeastern Arizona. That's it. And that's where the, the, these, these sort of older males have wandered up and hung exactly. out there as like a, kind of like a retirement home. Exactly. Go up there, there's of plenty of food. <laughs> Just like some Americans go to Arizona to retire as well. The jaguars are Let's call going it the up. snowbird jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, but but, but Pac-Man was not a, uh, a desert jaguar no, up in the north. Pac-Man so was in the, in the other end of the distribution in Mexico, in the tropical rainforest of the deep south, part of the Mayan tropical rainforest, which is a beautiful area dotted with Mayan archaeological sites, uh, inhabited by Mayan indigenous groups all over the place. Uh, the biggest extent of tropical rainforest north of the Panama Canal so it's really a, a, a paradise mm. for many, many species of wildlife. We've been looking at jaguars there because what I say is, let's not ask humans what to do to protect jaguars. Let's ask jaguars what to do to protect jaguars. So we put radios on them, we put camera traps on them, we follow them around, and wherever the jaguars are moving, then we go to the government and we say, okay, our boss, our boss is not my head of the university or whatever. Our boss are the jaguars. We, we owe our work to those species. So we ask the jaguar, okay, so tell me where would you like to have a new protected area so that we make sure that this connectivity between this population here and that population there needs to remain intact. So we're using a combination of um, uh, radio collars, GPS collars, and, and camera traps to follow the movements of the animals. Okay, and so when's the first time you uh, saw Pac-Man? Pac-Man has been one of our most charismatic uh, 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 jaguars in the area. We started uh, seeing photographs of Pac-Man in... Uh, uh, 2016, I was the first time that it came through. Uh, it, it was an individual single male, very big male for for standards of a Mexican jaguar. Mm -hmm. We estimate its weight at about 60 kilos, which okay. is a big, big animal. Um, and then it started uh, moving 
here and there and showing up in different camera traps here and there. And we have a very uh, nice and interesting program of collaboration and interaction for conservation of jaguars and other things called Jaguars Without Borders, in which Mexico, Guatemala, and Belize are coming together. We're sharing information. We're joining forces. We're sharing resources. We have meetings and so on and so forth to make sure that jaguars in the Mayan rainforest of south, southern Mexico, Guatemala, and Belize are remain remain there so we 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 have a website in which we exchange photographs of the jaguars and we say okay have you seen this one have you seen that one and so on and guess what soon enough pacman shows up in guatemala so let's uh so the great thing about jaguars and camera traps is you can recognize individuals if you get a good picture right because exactly they have spots it's compared to say mountain lions or deer or something like that where they look the same jaguars have these these unique picture sort of combinations of spots about 10 years ago i had the incredible distinction of meeting one of the wealthiest people on earth mr carlos slim mm -hmm. who happens to like jaguars okay and I told him that he could be the person that could make Mexico to be the first country in the world to have an estimate of how many Jaguars do we have if he invested in camera traps and we had a protocol that we could replicate all over the country. Uh, we use camera traps for that because indeed uh, all spotted animals from tigers to Jaguars to giraffes to zebras right you can identify individual patterns. So you can identify individual animals. So our camera traps are placed, half of the camera trap stations are placed in double, two camera traps. So you get both sides of the animal. Facing each other so that you get both sides of the animal and then you can follow and identify specific individuals. You can do uh, capture, recapture, you can do density estimates, you mm. can do all kinds of things. Right. So we did that, and Mexico became the first country in the world to have an estimate of how many jaguars do we have. One of these jaguars is Pac-Man. And, and maybe you can explain how Pac-Man got his name. Pac-Man got his name because one of the, one of the blotches of the, of, the, of, the, of the skin of the, of the jaguar looks like a Pac-Man eating a little piece of... Like a power pill. Power so, pill right of Pac-Man, exactly. <laughs> so so, so Pac-Man the Jaguar has a spot on the flank that looks like a Pac-Man. Looks like a Pac-Man, exactly. So That's immediately, it. of course, we, you, you know, we, I sit down with my students and we look at the skins and we go, okay, so this looks like this, and we name them all. So Based on their spots. Based on So what are spots. some of the other names? So this was specifically Pac-Man. There was another one that was called Molly because they, it, it looked like somebody had had a girlfriend with a very long ponytail that, <laughs> whose name was Molly. And there was, a, there was a spot that was like a big, long ponytail. Oh, so we named after someone's girlfriend who looked <laughs> like the spot. <laughs> That's great. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, so we started following the movements of Pac-Man who is a big male, who was a big male, that was, uh, that was very interesting to us because the males are the ones that disperse over long distances. And the males are the ones that we need to make sure that they move in as far as they can and that we, as conservation professionals, keep those corridors in place. So we kept following them since 2016, 17, 18, in 2018, we saw Pac-Man with a female in the same photograph. Oh, wow. 
So he does have a girlfriend in Mexico, right? right? Okay. He does have a girlfriend in Mexico. Yeah. But then our friends in Guatemala tell us that they, they send the number of pictures that they have taken from uh, Jaguars in Guatemala. And guess what? We see Pac-Man there. <laughs> and we go, whoa, Pac-Man, man, you're moving. Turns out that Guatemala and Mexico have this big, big river dividing us. This is our borderline river. The river is called the Usumacinta River, and it's almost a mile across. Oh, wow. Almost a mile across. This is the biggest river in Mexico. That sounds like a, it should be a barrier to animal movement. It should and be a barrier to animal movement. <laughs> and yet, animals like Pac-Man have told us, have shown us, yeah. that they can swim across the Osumacinta River and get to Guatemala. Why do they want to go to Guatemala? <laughs> well, guess what? There is another female there. Uh -huh. So Pac-Man has a girlfriend there. So Pac-Man swims across the Usumacinta, visits his Guatemalan girlfriend, and two or three weeks later, he comes back, swims back across the Usumacinta River so that his Mexican girlfriend doesn't get too <laughs> upset. Right? That's incredible. And this is exactly the kind of connectivity that we need to keep in place. Right. Well, I mean, this is the example, right, of like large carnivores needing large areas and not paying attention to borders, even borders that are a, a mile wide river are still, you know, not, it, it, they, they just don't care. They don't know that it's one country or the other. Exactly. Right, They're not interested. <laughs> what they want is to continue their movements as they have known them all along, as we humans have known them all along, until we got divided by whoever conquered us, whatever it is. We were divided. We were split. There were imaginary lines drawn between any two political entities, and we had to live with that. But not animals. Animals can continue with their movements. So what's it like doing field work in this area? It's, you're, I, I'm sort of imagining these, these sort of steamy rainforests with, with Mayan temples popping up all over the place. That's and... exactly right. It's, I, I've, I've said it many times when I die, which I hope is going to be in many, many, many <laughs> years. Uh, I am not going to be cremated. I am not going to be buried. I am, I am just going to disappear in the forest. Okay. My remains are going to be eaten, hopefully by a jaguar or a vulture or whatever. King vulture. King vulture, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. If it's flies, it's flies. But I'm staying there. I am staying there. Okay. This is the most amazing, fascinating place in the country. It's the most biologically diverse um, ecosystem in, in the country. We have hundreds and hundreds of species. Half of the bats in Mexico are there. Mm. There's many other species. The taper populations there are the biggest in the country. Wildly peccaries are there in big, big numbers, so on and so forth. There's many species. This is Amazonian rainforest. So picture a, picture a, 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 a forest that is really, really tall with lots of lianas, lots of different species of trees, lots of different species of insects and bees and snakes and so on and so forth. So think of the Amazon rainforest that stretches up the way all north across Central America and into Mexico. Many species are only represented in the Mexican territory in that area sure. and not further, further north at all. And so, um, so you and your team are out there uh, running camera traps, I guess, checking them every few months or something like that, driving around, hiking around, getting the memory cards, and then 
looking at it to, to, to exactly. find all the Exactly, and we have a very nice program in which we, we bring in donors, we take them on horseback rides in the forest to look at the camera traps. Oh, cool. And then they choose, they pick and select which camera trap are they going to sponsor over the next year. Oh, cool. So for $5,000, we send them every month, every two months, we send them a selection of the best photographs that right. their camera trap took. Oh, that's a great idea. It's, it's working that's really fun. great. Because that's like, checking camera traps is like opening Christmas presents or something, you know? You get it to really see, is. see what's there. And, and having a camera trap in a special place like this would it be... It really is. Everybody really cool. should have a camera trap outside. You never know who is your neighbor. <laughs> Seriously, I was so surprised. In Mexico City, I live in Mexico City, Roland. I live in Mexico City. And then my daughter comes and says, Dad, there's some of these big piles of poop on the roof of the house. On the roof of the house? Big piles of poop. I go there, and she says, is that a house cat? That's not a house cat. Certainly not. It's a ringtail. Okay. It's a ringtail that is in living in my chimney so <laughs> in Mexico City. So we started setting up camera traps. Of course. And of course, wow. the ringtail is there. Well, so ringtails, ringtails like to live on cliff sides and things like that, right? So the buildings like and cliff. the roofs are... Why not? Right. Wow. What do you think they're eat eating? Pigeons? I wish they were. No, we don't have any pigeons okay. there. I'm hoping that they're eating the rats, uh, English maybe. sparrows. Oh, yeah. I hope they are. I hope nobody else touches them. We have uh, opossums. We have squirrels. We have wow. ringtails. We so have the nature's kinds. moving back. It, it, it's taking over the city. That's cool. And it's great. We have 19 species of bats just in Mexico City. Wow. Cool. So um, let's talk about Pac-Man. When's, when's the last time? So, so, you, so you track Pac-Man. You and your colleagues are getting pictures on either side of the border. Um, he apparently breeding, so so bringing on the next generation of Pac-Mans. I guess you'll you'll be looking at any young jaguars for <laughs> more Pac-Man spots. Hopefully, right? and the genes are there. Right. And the genes are connecting Guatemala and Mexico. Yes. yes. And the jaguars on both sides of the border are sharing a huge territory. This is exactly the kind of thing that we need to keep right. in place. So so let's talk about the last time you saw. Pac-Man. Oh, gosh, now it starts to become a little bit painful because yeah. the last time we saw Pac-Man is in a picture that uh, uh, was taken in January of this year. January this year, we have Pac-Man on the Mexican side of the border. And then that's us. And then and the in February, he, he went up out to Guatemala. March, he was back. And then that was the last time we, were, we saw him. Okay. On a camera trap picture. On camera traps. Then I'm in this meeting uh, in southern Canada with officials of the Mexican government, the federal, the Canadian government, and the U.S. government. And I'm speaking, and we're, we're, we're there in a work session, and I have my cell phone there open when I'm speaking, and I see a very urgent message of my students. And I can't help but push the button and see the message and see the picture and it's Pac-Man's dead body. Oh no. Decapitated body. Decapitated. That they had just found out on the shorelines of the Osomacinta River. Right on the river. Right on the river. Oh jeez. That's where he ended his life. So he was poached. He was poached. I believe, I have no proof to say anything more than I believe that he became prey to the 
thirst for the canines of felines, of big cats, that the Chinese culture is using for medicine. Right. We know that there is now trade in jaguar bones and teeth from Bolivia, from Peru, from Belize, and this is the first evidence that we have that they are also moving into Mexico. So this is the uh, black market trade in, in illegal wildlife products. Completely illegal wildlife going trade. Going after some of the most endangered species. Exactly. They have depleted the, the tigers. They are in, uh, affecting lions right now right. and leopards, and now they're coming for our jaguars. So, so you're in this meeting. I am in this meeting with federal officers from the three countries of North America, and I just yell and scream and kick out <laughs> and turn red in the face and everything. And I'm really upset. And I go, I can't believe we lost one of our jaguars that we've been following for three years. It just appeared with its head cut off, missing. And the body is right there, but you can see the Pac-Man Pac shape the right there. Oh, so we geez. know that it is Pac-Man. And, and then that moves us to the next stage that we are going to enter negotiations to see what we can do with the Chinese government to curb this illegal trade. Okay, so you, you've sensed this. So this, this was the first sign that you'd seen in Mexico of what's likely the black market trade to China uh, was, was Pac-Man. That is moving in, unfortunately. It, that is exactly right. We know that they're in Belize and other places, but we did not know that they were already in Mexico. So this is the first uh, indication that yeah. they are in Mexico already. Okay, so what's the prospects for, like how do you cut off illegal Oof. trade, right? It's like, it's so, it's like, like um, drugs or any other kind of, it's, of, yeah, of, yeah, of black yeah. market. Uh, organized sort of crime is thing. a very difficult thing to curb, but, uh, but there, are, there are ways around it and that is not the only uh, threat to, to Jaguars. As I said at the beginning, the main threat to jaguars is really the cattle rancher revenge. So we've been working with the cattle ranchers and with the federal government of Mexico to start a reward program, a, a, like, a, like an insurance program. It's not really insurance because we don't pay eyes closed if you lost a calf to, to a jaguar. If you're interested in joining the program and you're, you're, you're producing your cattle and your land, etc., then we go to your place, we set up camera traps, mm -hmm. and we look at what's the levels of population of jaguars, other predators, and the prey base. Okay. Right? And then we say, okay, so in a year's time, we're going to come back and we're going to discuss whether you lost any cattle or anything, but at the same time, you are responsible to bring down hunting on the jaguar prey because again we go back to the original statement what can you expect if jaguars get humans encroaching in their land chop their head their their uh, forest off and then removing their prey their original prey and and replacing it with stupid animals like cattle so, so you're, you're hoping that if the ranchers keep uh, uh, keep the native species on the property. And if they don't, then they are not entitled to any, any payment. Right. I got it. So if they, if they keep the wild prey, then you're hoping the jaguars will eat the wild prey and not the cattle. 
and if they do eat some cattle, you repay them. Exactly. But if they're hunting or they're allowing hunting that's driving down the native deer and peccaries and whatever else, then, it's their, then they have to expect that the jaguars are going to take their cattle. And, and then we're not paying. And so does that logic work with the... With the that logic has worked so well that this year, Roland, in, in January, we celebrated a case 400 in which jaguars attacked um, a, a calf and, and the, the farmer got the payment because he or she are protecting jaguars and their prey. Right. right. So, of course, when you see this happening, and we have all of, this, all of this data, as soon as the jaguars see that, they're, they're, that the original prey is there, the original wild prey is there, they shift from cattle to the, the, la, the, the wild prey. Mm -hmm. But of course, every once in a while, on occasion, they do attack uh, a calf or right. so. Right. And in those cases, we do pay. So more and more, the Mexican people are taking the gist of it and are understanding the fact that we can coexist with jaguars. Another big incentive that we give them is that we set up camera traps in their land and we pay them a lump sum for every jaguar photograph oh, that they get. Oh, cool. How much do they get? Oh, thousand pesos which okay. is fifty dollars for oh well okay. for one 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 picture yeah that's that's not nothing well it's it's good and, and yeah. if you have a good population of jaguars then you get a yeah you get an in, interesting amount of yeah. money yeah so of course this has of course increased the interest of people of of, of local farmers and and ranchers to keep the population in place to keep the jaguars in place yeah yeah oh that's great that's great so um so so you guys felt like you had this, um, the cattle, the cattleman's revenge, starting to have a solution, starting to find cooperators, starting to find different options, and sort of that was looking great for the long-term uh, survival of jaguars in Mexico. And now all of a sudden, this is sort of the black market threat. So now yes, you've got, and, and got, that is something that is very, very difficult to control for us. You know? Right. You can't go meet with those people because they're, they're criminals and they're, they're never going to meet you. Go meet with them and you. tell them, you know grinding the, uh, the tooth of a jaguar is not going to do anything to you. The, right, the, right, right. The, the powder of a jaguar canine is not going to heal you from arthritis or cancer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have any medical value at all. But we are talking about a, a culture that has millennia in the making. And it's very, very difficult to... The Chinese medicine culture, yeah, you mean. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's very, well, very difficult. Well, uh, I, I, so, I, so hopefully, I, hopefully it sounds like maybe Pac-Man has sort of helped you find the problem right at the beginning before it gets too pervasive in Mexico and, and get on it. I do hope so. I'm, I'm, we're making our best effort with the current federal government of Mexico to make them aware of the situation. But we know that right now, the roads, the highways in Uganda, in Tanzania, in Kenya, in Rwanda, in Bolivia, in Peru, in you name it, are built by Chinese companies, mm. Chinese corporations. And they, 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 they bargain with the local government and then they end up getting really good profits from it really good benefits and access to markets and access to land and Natural access to resources. all of these things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope they don't get access to the Jaguars. 
Let's hope they don't get too much access to the Jaguars. I am very, very hopeful that uh, the Jaguars in Mexico have a stronghold and a safe house for the future. Uh, part of the, part of the uh, um, results of this National Jaguar Census that we did for the first time in 2009, we estimated about 4,000 Jaguars in Mexico overall, mm -hmm. which is a big, <sighs> we right. have Jaguars to work with. Right, right. I estimate with no basis, Roland, with no basis, I estimate that those 4,000 Jaguars represent about maybe 20% of the Jaguars that were 60, 60 years ago oh, in my country. Just based on habitat. But, but we just finished our new Jaguar survey okay. last year for the 800 Jaguars. Oh. Okay, So Great. the population jumped by 20%. If, if we can make this happen, I think we have Jaguars for the foreseeable future in Mexico. We need to work with the protected area system so that we secure the future of those corridors connecting all of the populations. We need to work with the local landowners to explain to them, to demonstrate the fact that having Jaguars in your land is a good thing. And they get it. As soon as you sit down with them, they will get it. Yeah. And we need to join forces with other countries so that our populations that are shared with their populations continue to be there. Well, that's great. Uh, and thanks for coming on and sharing the story of Pac-Man and the, the more general story of jaguars in Mexico and, and around the tropics. It's really cool to hear about how long they've been there, how long they've been important to the cultures and the people and the, your work to sort of keep that moving forward so they can be a, be a factor in the next million years as well. It's always a pleasure. All right, great, thanks. Wild Animals is a production of the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences and North Carolina State University with production help from Aben Crawford.